0: Holy and gracious God, we do ask that your Holy Spirit continue to be upon us as we hear your word proclaimed this day. Allow it to enter into our lives and equip and empower us to be a witness uh, to you, to our children, uh, whoever they are that we impact. Uh, Some of us have our own children, some of us grandchildren, some of us neighbor kids or friends kids. Uh, We all have places where we encounter children who look up to us. So help us Uh, To honor you in honoring them in the way we treat them and teach them. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Well, last Sunday we celebrated Jesus' glorious resurrection on Easter Sunday. And because he lives, we can live also. And not just live average, ordinary, just kind of getting by kind of lives. No, we can live abundant lives in peace with our neighbors. Lives filled with love, grace, peace, and mercy. Because in Christ, the power of sin and death have been destroyed, and they no longer have control over us. Now, I know some of you are thinking, well, yeah, but look around. Well, I did not say that they do not still exist and don't sometimes exert their powers over us. But they don't have to control us. The power of them has been taken away by God. The world still tries to promote its death-dealing ways and snuff out the light with darkness. We often still try to divide and separate ourselves from one another. We still try to secure our own futures by our own means. We still often prefer power over weakness And sometimes it even appears that fighting the good fight of love and peace and justice and forgiveness that Christ proclaimed, it sometimes seems futile to us. But we believe in a God that brings light into the darkness, a light that can never be consumed. We believe in a God who brings love that triumphs over hate, a love so powerful that it can even turn our enemies into our friends. We believe in a God revealed to us in Jesus Christ who even brings light and life out of death in his glorious resurrection. And this truly is good news and it should excite us. It shouldn't be a scowly kind of thing, or a yeah, whatever kind of thing, it should actually excite us. But we need to remember that God's got this. In Jesus Christ, salvation has come and the kingdom of God is breaking forth here and now and into the glorious future. And we get to be witnesses to this reality as we respond to this amazing gift of reconciling grace. We do not do things to earn salvation, but we do things in a response to the wonderful, gracious gift that God has given us. That God loves us, that God forgives us, that God wants to be in a relationship with us. That's why we then do things. I heard a pastor one time say that our Alleluias or our hallelujahs need to turn into duelujahs. We can't just sit on our hands and look smug about the whole thing. Because we are Easter people, we need to move out into the world and shine forth his light through our words and through our deeds. But while Jesus is the Savior of the whole world, there is no doubt. First, he was rejected. Psalm 18.22 foretold this rejection. It says, the stone that the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. And the reason that's possible is because that's how God rolls. Our no's, no matter how dramatic, do not change God's eternal yes. Because no matter what God's no matter what, God's love is steadfast for all the children who he has created. As we look today at building a strong spiritual foundation for ourselves and for our children, one built on rock and not on sand, this steadfast no matter what, yes, even when you did that, love of God is critical to instill in our children. But this first begins with all of you who are not children who are sitting out here today. You adults out there, you your parents, you grandparents, you teachers, you coaches, you scout leaders, you youth group and children's ministry leaders, it all starts with you believing this fact. Because if you don't believe that God loves you beyond measure and even in all your messed upness, and we've all got some of it, that you are exactly what God created you to be, that you have value and no matter what you've done or not done, it can be forgiven and redeemed, then the kids that you influence will not believe it either. Christ and his never-ending love must be the cornerstone when we build our spiritual houses for our children to live in. We must teach them this fact from an early age, because as Proverbs 22:6 6 says, train children in the right way, and when they are old, they will not stray. Now, I can't really see you all out there that well, but I know a few of you at least have some gray up top. You've been around a little while. And Thank you, there's the lights. (laughs) Now I can see you. Uh, And I bet all of you can think about someone in your life who poured themselves into you, who was a spiritual mentor for you, who showed you the love of Christ. Maybe that's why you're here today. Maybe it was a mother or a father or a grandparent. Or a friend who showed you God's unconditional and never-ending love. One of the greatest influencers of children to recognize God's love for all creation is the way that we model love for them. That's why right now most of you can have that picture of that person in your mind because they loved you well. In our words, in our actions, in our showing up and sometimes in our putting up, in our relationships with our spouses, maybe also and sometimes in our shutting up. In our relationships with our spouses and what we allow to influence us, where we spend our time and where we give our money, they all tell our children something. And trust me, they are watching and they are listening. Ever had a kid parrot back to you something you said earlier in the day and cringe? I know I have. Just about every day, Emma parrots something back to me, and I'm like, "Oh, a lot of times it's what my wife says, so that's good. but you know, um. But sometimes it's definitely me. When our children reflect back to us what we're portraying to them, it can be a scary thing sometimes. (laughs) But it's proof that they're watching, and they're listening, and they're learning. And they're trying to find their way in the world. And they trust us as their guides. So ask yourself this morning, what is the cornerstone of your family's life? And do the children you influence, you may not all have your own children, or your children may be grown and you think you don't have any influence on them anymore, you still do. They also say things that they go, oh, my mom used to say that to me, oh. (laughs) You all have children that you influence. Do they know that God loves them unconditionally? and do you model this love in your interactions with them and with others in Deuteronomy 11, 18 to 20 God reminds his people Israel how important instruction in the faith is to raising up children It says fix these words of mind in your hearts and mi- of mind of mine in your in your hearts and minds tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads teach them to your children take talking about them when you sit at home and when you Walk about along the road when you lie down and when you get up. Write them on the door frames of your house and on your gates. And I'm going to grab this. Forgot it at the first service, but here it is. And they even posted little containers called mezuzahs with scrolls inside a passage from the Torah known as the Shema that said... The Lord is our God, the Lord alone. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might and love your neighbor as yourself. And this little card is from my office and it's by my door because every time uh, the people would go through the door, they would touch it and remind themselves of this fact of who they belong to and what their purpose in life was all about. And I give these sometimes to our comfort man so that they can do the same thing at their homes when they walk in and out to remind themselves who they belong to. Instructing our children in the ways of the Lord is critical for building for the kingdom of God here and now. As members of the body of Christ, our mission given to us by Jesus is to make disciples of Jesus Christ so that the world may be transformed, so that God's kingdom may be made known and draw all people to Christ's salvation. That's what being a light is about, is drawing others to Christ. God wants us to train up our children so that they can care about what God cares about, even if we as adults sometimes have made compromises. And this doesn't just mean instruction like reading the Bible or just following the golden rule, but it also means And caring about the things that God cares about, it means caring about justice. It means caring about the least of these. This past week I went to Washington, D.C. with our bishop and a group of about 18 United Methodists from Indiana for the 50th anniversary commemoration of the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King's assassination. How many of you remember where you were that day? Some of you. Some of you just are asleep and aren't raising your hand. It had a great impact on a lot of people. It happened before I was born. But we were there for a rally to end racism. And we went to the United Methodist building, uh, which sits, if you're facing the Supreme Court, it's the building directly to your left. It's the only non-governmental building on Capitol Hill, and it stands as a witness to Christ Christ. And it stands to the witness of our church, the United Methodist Church. And while we were there, we took a tour, and a gentleman told a story. He said he grew up in the South during segregation to a racist family. He said his grandparents were very racist. His parents were a little less so, but still it trickled in because they had grown up with such racist parents that it just couldn't be washed free from it completely. But then he said somehow his parents, and he said, I've run into other people that grew up in the South from the same generation who their parents too made a decision not to let their racist past be transmitted on to their children. Then he said every generation has to fight battles led by the Spirit of God that sometimes lead to victories like this. That a person from the South raised by racist parents isn't racist. But then he also said... But these victories that are won by generations can also be lost in the next generation if we don't stay true to what the Spirit has led us to. You know, Martin Luther King spoke of the beloved community, and to me, the beloved community is the kingdom of God that Christ has inaugurated in his triumph of life, of light over darkness, of love over hate, and even life over death. One time I went to my wife's classroom when she taught in Pike Township, and one year she had uh, kids from, that spoke seven different languages at home. This was in her one third-grade classroom. Seven different languages at home. Uh, they were black, brown, and white kids. Uh, some of them lived up on Eagle Creek Reservoir in really huge houses and, and had a lot of money. Some of them lived in the projects and had very little. Some lived with aunts and uncles or grandparents. Some lived with both families, uh, both parents in their home. And when I would go in to visit, (laughs) I would look around. Because there was always a time when things would just be humming. Um, If you've ever been in a classroom with a teacher that's a good teacher, you know what I mean. Things are just, they're all doing their thing. There's activity, there's noise, but they're all on task. They're encouraging each other, they're supporting each other, they're all contributing to the whole. They recognize the strengths and weaknesses that each possess, but they don't use them to their own advantage, but they see this beautiful diversity as a gift. And when my wife first started teaching, She didn't have the language of a calling. Like she never had heard that really talked about, a calling. And so I gave her that language. (laughs) And now she claims that language. She knows that this is her calling to be a teacher. But as I also, you know, use religious language, I looked at, that room and I saw reflected there the kingdom of God, the way God intends it to be. Or rich and poor, black and white and brown. People that are troubled, people that seem to have their acts completely together, people that some people would say are worthless. Somehow being knit together by our great God. We as the body of Christ in response to the good news of the gospel are to actively participate in building for the kingdom here and now as a witness to the healing power of the risen Christ because our children are watching. As United Methodists, we have a rich heritage of confronting anything that would separate us from our brothers and sisters, other children of God who Christ so loved. Here in our own Noblesville community, we have 56 different languages spoken in, our, in the homes of our students that go to our schools. Uh, here in this very room, uh, during the week, we have over 125 ESL students who come to learn English. Uh, every year they invite us, and we sit a big, gigantic, long table over here, and they share foods from uh, their countries of origin, and they tell us stories about how wonderful it is that we care enough to open our doors up to them each week. And they tell us about how wonderful they've been blessed by coming to this country. This provides us opportunities to be enriched in our community by the diversity that is all around us. Sometimes the dream of the kingdom of God or Martin Luther King's dream that he spoke of seems to be delayed just as Jesus sat in that tomb. But on the third day, he arose from the dead in triumph. And we too shall rise and we can overcome the evils of racism and poverty and mass incarceration and gun violence. Because the power of the Holy Spirit that same Spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is still alive and well, pushing and pulling us even closer to that dream. Our kids deserve to live in a world where this dream is coming true. We must either get on board or get out of the way because the Spirit is at foot. is afoot, foot, and as we know, God gets what God wants. Just ask death. Our kids deserve it, and what we teach our children matters. Our God is not a God who is apathetic or apathetic about the plight of the oppressed and the poor. Our God is not a God who is blind or disinterested in justice. No, our God, the one who has risen, has taken away the sins of the world and restored us into a right relationship with God. In Jesus Christ, God has conquered the power of sin and death, including all things that would divide us. These things, racism, poverty, militarism, sexism, xenophobia, classism, exploitive power, environmental degradation, all of those things have lost their power in Jesus Christ. And we must teach our children the ways of God because their world, our world, can be different and then be a witness to the power of God. Of Jesus Christ. In Mark chapter 10 verses 13 to 16. It says the people who brought children to Jesus hoping. He might touch them. The disciples shooed them off. But Jesus was irate and let them know it. Don't push these children away. Don't ever get between them and me. These children are at the very center of life in the kingdom. Mark this, unless you accept God's kingdom in the simplicity of a child, you'll never get in. Then gathering the children up in his arms, he laid his hands on them blessing and and laid his blessing upon them. We must always welcome children and embrace Christ's kingdom with the enthusiasm and joy that they do. I want to close with a little Illustration or story. There was once a a preacher. Who was preaching to a congregation of ducks. Yes. Ducks. Quack, quack. Ducks. And that day. He had them all riled up. He preached. That we are all ducks. And we all have wings to fly. And they all quacked. Quack, 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 quack. The quack chorus, like the amen chorus. Is. Quack, quack, quack. He preached, we are all ducks and we all have wings to fly. And they quacked their hallelujah. And they flapped their wings in agreement. Then they took their wings and walked home already forgetting that they were made to fly. Our children want to fly. Tell them stories of the faith. Share how God has impacted and transformed your life. And encourage them as they live out their faith in ways that reflect God's kingdom values of love and peace and justice and mercy. Christ is the cornerstone of our faith and of our families, and we can honor him in all the things that we build. Together, empowered and equipped by the spirit of the risen Christ, we all can fly.